Hey, hello, and welcome to another episode of the Southside Trap Podcast, the podcast that helps you stay on side with the Chicago Red Stars. It's your girl, Sandra, here today to recap a Chicago Red Stars draw. Chicago Red Stars hope Washington spirit, and they play out to a 1-1 draw. There are some interesting things to get into here on the pitch. Not sure if it's a lot. I usually say there's a lot to get into, but there's some definitely some interesting things to get into here. And I couldn't do it alone because no one could ever do anything alone. So I'm here today with my friend, homie, and colleague, Claire Watkins, a.k.a. Scam Originator. Good morning, Claire. Hello, Sandra. It, yes, it is Sunday morning. So this is the morning after the Saturday night game. And we had a great time at the Juneteenth tailgate. Let's but we both up. woke up this morning like we both had like an allergic reaction to something. I don't know if it was like the parking lot or the fireworks that were going off or what, but like we both woke up with like puffy eyes and like stuffy noses. And so we're doing, we're doing great. It's pretty, it was pretty funny, like texting each other this morning and uh, talking about (laughs) how we were feeling it fun, fun stuff, but we're, we're, we're pushing our fluids and uh, ready to talk about some, Chicago Red Stars soccer question mark yeah. uh, going into this match. So just to set the scene a little bit, uh, the Red Stars returned uh, to play from an international window. Then WSL is back this weekend. All teams are getting back into the swing of regular seasons, uh, welcoming, welcoming back their internationals who were out on uh, national team duty. And uh, you touched on it already, Claire. This was the uh, Juneteenth game for the Red Stars, the first ever uh, Juneteenth night for Chicago. And I think we do got to set, set the, the scenes on it. Cause before we start getting into the game, I think that might've been our favorite part of this whole entire match day uh, ex- experience. Uh, we ended up coming through a little earlier to sort of take in the scenes and just have to absolutely shout out uh, Black Fires, the uh, Chicago soccer supporter group for really holding it down, putting things together. It was a lovely, lovely pregame event. Tons of people hanging out. Great to see all kinds of old faces and new. And um, you got to, you know, get your hook yourself up with with some uh, with some fixing be- before the game. We had some uh, some nice ribs going on before the match, and it was a a nice touch. So uh, shout out to them in a very another successful event. Uh, it was not their first, nor I'm sure it will, won't be their last. But uh, it was lovely to sort of have that experience. I think it was something. Um, you know, sort of as we're now navigating our way out of the latter end of a pandemic that maybe was um, that maybe was lacking. There, there's been some experiences uh, at, at the park with some with some pregame tailgates, but this one just uh, had a little bit more of a special feeling to it. Yeah, um, it seems like increasingly for the two of us, you know, going in the past, we've gone and said hi at the tailgate, you know, before games and stuff like that. But I know for for me, just like increasingly every home game, like that's a big part of game day is making sure that we have time to like hang out at the tailgate for a little bit um, just to make sure that like we get to say hi to everybody and and enjoy that as well. Because I think you're right. I think that, you know, looking at the way that this season has gone and kind of is going, I think that a lot of the community around the team is coming from a place of like, well, we're all going to hang out. <laughs> And we're going to enjoy each other's company and then a soccer game will happen and it might go great and it might not. But no matter what, like we all had a good time. And I think that that that's like super the vibe this year. And I think that that's great. 
Yeah, I really love that. Talk, chatting it up with folks out there. They're just like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a there's a soccer game that's going to happen. But uh, mostly here for, for y'all and hanging out and, and seeing people. So I like that. Good vibes. Um, the trophy's already won when you look at it like that. Yeah, right. Um, the trophy really is the friends we made along the way. Truly, truly, truly is. So, uh, yeah, it was it was dope. And um, congrats, congrats to the club, honestly, for really sort of just turning that over um, to to Blackfires and saying, here's here's the keys and uh, do do what you got to do. And um, getting in, into the stadium uh, was dope, too. There were a lot of uh, moments with the Jumbotron there. Uh, talking about Juneteenth and its significance. Um, so nice. It's something I, I thought it was a successful, uh, you know, themed night, so to speak. And I hope that it continues uh, for Chicago moving forward. Uh, you know, I know they don't have a whole ton of control over schedules. It just happened to be really dope that they had a home game on the 19th of June for sure. Um so we'll see uh, what happens in the future. But if they can have another one, I think that would be awesome. Uh, so getting into this game, we eventually got some starting lineups, took a look at them, and um, we knew that there were some injuries for Chicago heading into this one. Danny Colaprico was listed as out. Somebody like Aaron Wright was listed as out. So we were curious as to how maybe um, that starting lineup was going to look. Maybe We thought maybe we could see somebody like Bianca St. George's because uh, it's been teased over the last you know, maybe a month or so that that she's she's working her way back and coming on back through to fitness. And then she got that call up into the Canadian national team. Uh, so we thought, hey, maybe we could see something like that. But let's get a reaction on these starting 11s, because I don't think they were maybe necessarily something that we were expecting, but we're going to get into it. Let's start with the guests first, actually, because I think there were some interesting uh, points on, on that starting 11 for Washington Spirit. They lined up as followed on this day. They had uh, Aubrey Bledsoe in net. Cameron Bogalski getting a start for Washington Spirit and the back line. Sam Staub, Emily Sonnet, Tori Huster, uh, Dorian Bailey. Uh, they had Andy Sullivan, uh, the young legend herself, closing out the midfield. And then they had Ashley Sanchez, Trinity Rodman, and Ashley Hatch to start out their starting 11. Um, big fan of that top line, Claire. I really like what, what they're trying to build. Yeah, I mean... <clears throat> impression number one for for Washington is that they're like hurting a little bit honestly they've got some injuries in both their back line and their midfield like they're really struggling to get Paige Nielsen back on the field um they have still long term they haven't gotten Jordan DiBiase back they're being really cautious with her um Kelly O'Hara came back from the international break she just played a full game on Wednesday so she did end up playing for them but she wasn't start ready um, so they're, you know, they're kind of being held together by a hope and a dream in the back a little bit. Um, it helps when you have a goalkeeper that good. And then, um, yeah, the front line has been increasingly dangerous for sure. Over the last couple of weeks, I think you look at what Ashley Hatch was able to do against, um, Orlando and Trinity Rodman is the kind of player that like, she's not because of her agent and experience, she is not going to be like on for a full game, but she's always going to have moments in a game where she is just absolutely brilliant. And so we actually saw that later in the match, but yeah, so Washington is interesting. Like Tori Huster too is yeah. like having quietly having a really strong year. Uh, she was listed as part of a back four, but she really kind of played in the midfield for them. Um, so she's kind of been their Swiss army knife and, and their steady leadership along with, with Andy Sullivan 
So there's a lot to like about that team, I think, personally. Yeah, absolutely. I oh, didn't he, wait, didn't Tegan McGrady start too? Yeah, she was on the outside back. I'm okay, sorry. Yeah, yeah. I, how dare I not put respect on your name yeah. if I didn't say that? But yeah, I, I um I thought it was curious to sort of see like a big Alsi sort of earn that contract with the yeah. team and then all of a sudden uh, get that start. Maybe it's you know, obviously a combination of of doing enough work there uh for the coaching staff to to wanna extend a contract her and a combination obviously of, of a veteran like uh, Kelly O'Hara being on limited minutes coming off of an international window, but yeah, ditto to, to Tori Houston, longtime veteran in the league. And she's absolutely been doing it all for the spirit was, uh, <laughs> I think it was interesting to sort of see her playing in that a role. Um, right. Yeah. It didn't, it didn't unsuit her. You know what I mean? Like it was, a uh, it was just a clog midfield and we'll, and we'll, and we'll get into that right now. Um, as we go over the starting 11 for, for Chicago, they had Alyssa Nair and that returned to a backline formation that we had seen in previous weeks with Casey Kruger, Kayla Sharples, Tierna Davidson, and Sarah Gordon. Uh, Morgan Gatra, Sarah Woldmo, Rachel Hill, Vanessa DiBernardo, Mal Pugh, and Kalia Watt rounding out the starting 11. And uh, yeah, that was actually my my first, I think, reaction when when I saw the backline kind of rolled out. I was like, oh, okay, so we're going to we're going to go back to this, this backline, which isn't a, a bad backline, but it was just sort of interesting to sort of, I think, come off of that result that they were coming off of against the, against the courage and then kind of seeing that. But I think things like injuries maybe kind of come into play and you got to maybe make some rotations and make some shifts sometime. Um, yeah, they did. I mean, they did a similar thing, a somewhat similar thing to what they did against North Carolina in that they had Sarah Gordon, with a very attacking mind. And then they had Sharples Davidson and Kruger kind of stay home a little bit more. Um, and they also do have Rachel Hill. And so like talking about Rachel Hill, I do think that Chicago is using her at this moment in the ways that play to her strengths, which is good where she is still again, kind of in that in between of like a winger and a wing back where she is expected to, I mean, like the the thing that she this is why they got I mean, I think this is why they got her is because her defensive uh, stats or like her her pressing ability in Orlando was good, like impressive. She was very active in sort of clogging lanes in the, for other teams. And so it seems like Chicago is asking her to like do that first right now um, and then kind of develop from there. And we'll talk about in the ways that like Chicago struggled. But Rachel Hill to her credit, like she runs a freaking marathon every game. And so she's just asked to cover a lot of ground. So I think that Chicago is figuring out a formation that does work best for the people that they have on the field. Um, again, we saw Mallory Pugh slide in kind of underneath Kalia Watt quite a bit. Um, Pugh basically gets a run of the front line though. She could be anywhere at any time. Um, all of which theoretically is very sound, but this game was just not very good though. Right. <laughs> yeah. I just, I, again, man, it, it just was, um, I think that what we've been seeing from this team to sort of start out this season, this is game number six for them. So the rest stars officially have a quarter of the season under their belt. And and I think that's just like this first vibe of like maybe this first six games player is really just that. It's just like ideas, ideas, you know, that's yeah, just kind of like, you know, it's like, where, where, where are they going? But um, the similar threads 
are there. I'm a, I'm a hundred percent agreeing with you on that. The, the, th- the similar threads, the themes that we're seeing sort of game in and game out are still there. So we're seeing Rachel Hill be used in a very specific way. They want like a, a forward that's going to be out there. That's going to be able to sort of alternate between those two kind of positions and like cover a lot of ground. We saw something similar last year in the very limited games with maybe somebody like a Sarah Lubert. So themes are there, you know, watching that back line, sort of having that swinging like faux three back and having an outside back getting, getting higher up the fist more and more integrated or possibly getting inverted at times, you know, like we're seeing similar themes here and, and Pew is, is very slowly but surely being given the keys. Right. So it's um, the, th- the themes are there, but for whatever reason, sometimes there are just weird games. And this was definitely the vibes in this one were just like so weird. I don't even know how to describe it other than just like I I was I texted somebody. I was like, this game has weird, like cursed energy. And I don't (laughs) know why. And honestly, it was it was very, very weird because it just was like both of the teams. Right. Like So this first whistle whistle pops off and we've got kickoff and it was just, you know, to start, it was just like a very clogged midfield. Uh, nobody was, uh, there wasn't a lot of, there wasn't a lot of connecting. Uh, there was a, you know, real lack of, I guess, cohesion. If you, if you want both, to both teams that. ended, I think was sub 75% passing accuracy. Yeah, it was, yeah. it was tough. It was tough. It was very like, um, if, if there's still games to, to happen, right. Well, we're recording this on a Sunday morning. So there's still NWSL matches to happen, but I think, depending on what could possibly happen in those other games. If, if we're looking at all five games at the end of the, at the end of the weekend, if there's a match that had some real, like, Oh, playing after an international break vibes, like maybe it possibly was going to be this one. Um, but just uh, a real struggle to establish any type of chemistry or tempo in that first half on either side of the ball for either team. So um Again, a lot of themes for the Red Stars. We saw we saw Rachel Hill working uh, very hard. We saw Mal Pugh playing uh, with a certain type of gusto along that that top, that top line. Uh, you know, maybe sometimes when you go up against your former teams, you want to you know bring it and show them what you got. But we absolutely we absolutely saw her uh, you know putting in work there and trying to maybe make some things happen. Um, but yeah, just 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 not a ton, a whole ton there. Sarah I mean, the main was a bright spot, I think, for us in that first half, and also you know the entire game. Um, but yeah, just uh, just weird, just weird vibes, man. Just I mean, yeah, vibes. the main thing that I remember from the first half is that Ashley Hatch had to come off because she had a head injury. Like mm. it was that kind of a game. Like Washington had two players leave yeah. hurt in the second half. Emily Sonnet also left hurt, and it was yeah. that same thing of like. It wasn't fouls. There wasn't like, I mean, there were, I mean, there was some fouling in the game, but like just people getting hit or just collisions or getting hit with the ball. There were parts of the field where people kept like literally like slipping. Yeah. It was a weird Um, pitch that day. And, and so it, it was, yeah, yeah, it was was a little bit disconnected and it was also like, it, it seemed like, it seemed like both teams knew that this was like a not very good soccer game and they weren't happy about it. And so it was just like, <laughs> I've, I felt, I felt the struggle. I felt the struggle with them. I think. Yeah. I mean, it's, I don't know if it's fair or unfair to say that it was like 
an evenly played like you know like first half but it just was a weirdly played like first half like there weren't a ton of shots like there was they split shots you know five to four you know not a ton on target two to one you know in favor of Washington so it just was uh it just was a weird vibe and honestly like it did it sucked to see a player like Hatch dip out of um of a game like that. She's been huge for Washington. Um, she's been really coming out for them over the last, you know, several weeks really. And um, she's been dealing with, with some of that, uh, some lingering issue stuff. So it's been, it's been tough for them to sort of, to get her going. And that collision was scary. She had a, she had to come off and then she went off on the sideline and then she gave it another go. She was playing around for like 15 additional minutes before she eventually just sat down yep. and said, I'm done. So um, congrats to the concussion protocol, I guess. I don't know. But um, apparently, yeah. apparently Washington tried to make a concussion sub and they like gave the ref the wrong form. So it actually counted as one of their regular subs and they were not given a concussion sub because concussions, I guess, aren't real if you don't have the right paperwork. <laughs> Yeah. So, so we're all weird learning. game, weird game. Yeah. We're all learning and growing uh, together in this journey and process, but they did have to spend, um, they ended up having to spend an early sub uh, in the first half. It was around the 35th minute. So um, both teams ended up playing out uh, to a zero, zero scoreline heading into the uh, second half. And it just sort of, uh, you know, made us wonder like, well, what's, what's going to happen uh, in the second half, are we going to see some, you know, substitutions right away for, for either team, you know, like what, how are both of these teams going to look when they come in to play this second 45 and Claire, they got matter question mark. <laughs> like there yeah, was more, it it was more frustration, yeah. more frustration, maybe kind of started to settle in as, um, as neither side, like, again, like was able to really sort of fall into their game plan or establish like an actual tempo. Right. Yeah. I mean, I think you saw, I mean, I think you just have to say like ideas, right? So both teams looked like they were struggling to come up with ideas. And I think, however, and this will lead us to the first goal. um, Andy Sullivan said, what if I try a new idea (laughs) and let's see if we can so none of this is working. This whole game is being played out in the middle of the pitch. We're trying to connect. It's not happening. Andy Sullivan, gamer as she is, she's she's beaten Chicago before. Yep. She said, all right, so I'm hoofing it now. Yep. And <laughs> and they got in behind it, even before the goal. Ashley Sanchez got in behind and Nair made a great save. Yeah. And so they were like, OK, so maybe, we're going to keep it going. Right. Exactly. If the beautiful game isn't going to work here we got to try something else. And when you have someone like Andy Sullivan in your midfield, um, she can place those balls on a dime. And so um, that was, I think if you're talking about, you know, stretching defenses and and getting in behind and stuff like that, I think that you could say that Chicago had moments where they, um, where they did this as well. But I also just think there were moments where you had like pew on the ball and she had attracted like three defenders. And I'm like, surely someone is open yeah. due to the way yeah. that numbers work. And surely she's and, doing all of this work. Right. And, and you just, there was, you just couldn't find anybody or, and then, yeah. So 
but Chicago is sort of sticking with that same game plan of, of working the ball around the box and just seeing what, what they could come up with. And then, yeah. And then Washington was basically just like, fuck it. Let's win this soccer game. And yeah. uh, that was a great ball. I, I do also though want to shout out in, in the midfield, which was kind of a big mess. Um, I thought Sarah Woldmo had, oh, had a very yeah. good game again. Yeah. Yeah. I think um, we were keeping an eye on her. I think after that really, after that really awkward first half right we're like well sarah Wilmo's doing all right like yeah. she's, she's um, someone's out there doing her job and uh it was great to sort of see her doing these sort of um somehow graceful sliding tackles yeah, she, the way she goes to ground it's like she's yeah. swimming but not just like swimming it's like synchronized yeah right it's like exactly. pretty, it was pretty yeah. it was pretty dope uh yeah. so Waldmo absolutely up there with the red stars top moves of the offseason for sure um but yeah i think once the game you're you're right like once the game hit that hour mark when we actually really started to see more subs uh both from from the spirit and and Chicago to try to make something happen, really. You know, we saw Katie Johnson, Bianca St. George's, and Ella Steven come in and stop its time, but um, trying to make some subs and like subs who could potentially make an impact. Because I know, Claire, we've talked about this a little bit before. We, you know, we look at that bench sometimes and we're just like, who's who's the game changer on your team right now? Like, that's a question mark. So, you know, having people like Katie Johnson and Bianca St. George's in a game like this, where maybe a jolt of some sort will potentially could possibly do something for a team, I think maybe was like a good idea. But again, it just sort of didn't um, pan out in terms of a goal, like in the run of play. Uh, but despite Trinity Rodman getting what could have been a very heartbreaking goal, because it was that good. It was such a good goal with, um, Andy Sullivan just, just Sullivan just lobbing it up to her and splitting the center backs and then just getting it in on goal past a listener in the 85th minute. Yeah. I mean, my whole thing on Washington, I think I've probably said this in other avenues before is I really legitimately, and some people disagree with me on this. I don't think they're better than Chicago. I think Washington, what they've built in their back line and their midfield is like very similar to what Chicago has built. And I just like, I don't think that it's better. However, they have a couple players who can elevate the team and Trinity Robin is one of those players. And so they just have a huge home run with her. And mm-hmm. so you look at like the midfield quality. We know that Andy Sullivan is very good. And then finding that player, making that run, um, that is indicative to me of like, cause it takes two to tango. Washington played this game too. And, mm-hmm. and so I just think that like, I'm like, yeah, that's it. That's the difference at this moment. It is that, they have have built a thing that is actually pretty similar to Chicago, but they have a couple people who can get it was a two person, two person job to to get that goal. And so I think that like that, that if you want to point to like what are quality differences here, I think that that is is pretty a pretty good example. Yeah, for sure. Um, getting a goal in the 85th minute in a kind of a, a sludge match like this. Uh, maybe kind of gives you the vibe that like, all right, this one's, this one's in done. This one's in the books, but uh, the red stars did a really good job of still trying to make things interesting in the end there. And there was enough chaos that was created in the final third where there was a handball call uh, in the box by Sam Staub. Can I just say like, it was, I think like 3,700 people in there that night. When mm-hmm. that handball happened, 
everybody was on it. Everybody around that goal went. Ah! Yeah, I was. You want to oh, talk? You want to talk about some some yeah. real some real solidarity? Yeah, uh-huh. uh, it happened at the. It happened in the uh, final third, and it was at uh, what was formerly known as the Harlem, and now the neighborhood where the supporters groups uh, stand throughout the game. And so, yeah, there was a very, very loud reaction. It was beautiful. Yes, and uh, when I think when, when sometimes you, hear, you just have to help the ref see things. When you sometimes. hear when you hear coaches and players talk about how much they miss the fans, that's a really good example of why. Uh, and all of a sudden, there was a very emphatic penalty call that was given. And uh, I think we kind of had a similar reaction. We're like, okay, so there's a penalty call. Who's going to take it? There was some real, again, more more questions. We were Everybody was learning a lot during this game, including ourselves. And it turned out it was Morgan Gatra. Morgan Gatra was the one to step up and take the penalty. And it was a very well-taken penalty. Converted it. Yeah. Like, so, you know, we were, someone asked, like, you know, who is, does Chicago have a penalty taker? And I'd be like, well, yeah, they would if they were awarded penalties yeah. more than once every like three years. <laughs> I mean, why have a penalty taker yes, if the odds then- of like the odds of you scoring off a corner kick are higher than you getting a penalty awarded in the NWSL? So especially yeah. Chicago, Chicago does not get penalties. Does not called. get penalties. So I mean, we I think the last about, I the we last were- penalty was that April was that 420 game. Uh, that Yuki, Yuki sports, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, it was funny because that was the immediate conversation chatter in the press box about the we're like, God, when was the last time this team was awarded a penalty? And it was 2019. Oh man, uh, and you know what? If it was gonna, if the last time they got awarded a penalty was in a wild game like that one, of course, the next penalty that they were gonna get awarded would be like almost two years later, yeah, in a weird game in 90th minute stoppage time. So, uh, yeah, just a real nice penalty that was converted by Gatra there. And, uh, it was nice for the team because, uh, it led to some real nice scenes on the pitch, some real good celebrating there, uh, from the squad and, um, just held it down pretty much for the most time. It was a 90 minute plus two when the penalty was converted and the game ended up closing out in a one, one draw. And it just sort of, uh, left us feeling like, okay, so it's, it's, uh, it's undefeated question mark in, in, in two games. And we're looking to see if the Red Stars can maybe sort of establish themselves in like a run of wins. And that is, uh, you know, yet to happen uh, in this season, but we'll see how this next quarter of games goes for them. Claire, I, you know, they're going to be taking on all rain next. There's a quick turnaround for this team folks. Got to let you guys know. That's part of why we're giving you the content early this week. They will be heading to Tacoma, Washington, to face OL Rain on Tuesday, the 22nd. And then the team has an additional game on the 26th of June, which is the Pride game back home at SeatGeek. Um, but Claire, I'm going to toss it to you if you have any final thoughts on this game or if you're ready to talk about what could happen on Tuesday in Tacoma. Well, maybe a good segue is that, you know, we talked about some Washington players who got you know, nicked, but Chicago got through this game healthy, which I think is really positive for them. You know, nobody, nothing major. I think Rachel Hill had like a little rolled ankle, but um, I think that that is good for them. Um, I think also the fact that it wasn't really a track meet is also good for them. Um, a, a more methodical match and you get a point, you know, you didn't lose it, which is good. I mean, that it's a good, it, it kind of in the way the game was played out. I'm like, that is actually probably a good point, but um So that is all useful, I think, going into the Tuesday game where they didn't have to run as much as they might if they were playing a different kind of a team. 
they no, yeah, nobody got hurt. Uh, St. George, you know, came in pretty early, like the 60 something minute for them. So like they and, and Johnson did as well. So like they did some subbing a little bit earlier than they usually do. And yeah, I mean, I think that you'll probably I just don't see any reason other than like sometimes this happens. I don't see any reason why they should come out like flat on Tuesday. Yeah, I mean, except that they could, you know, <laughs> they could. I mean, it's, you know, you're talking about a game, what, four, four ish, three ish days later, um, going all the way to the West Coast on a long flight. Um, so we'll see. We'll see how the team um, turns out or how they feel. I mean, just looking at the opposition side of things, you know, all rain will be coming off of a two, one loss themselves against North Carolina courage where like they welcomed that they beat the debuts of Sarah Buati and net and, and Jennifer miles in, in the midfield, two huge, um, two huge players who are, you know, were announced to the team on, on short-term loans, um, players with big histories with ties to, to Leon players who can really maybe sort of, make an impact on things. And um, I don't know. Oh, rain is another one of those teams. I know we've been chatting a lot about them where they're also getting off to a very unusual start to, to their season picking. I think they started out their, their season with the draw ended up getting a pretty big win against their rivals in Portland Thorns. And in between, it's just been some, some losses. And um, this one in particular against uh, North Carolina courage, kind of maybe raise some, some questions about like, well, what is it? How does this team want to look and how are they trying to play and who are they trying to be? Maybe part of it in combination was, you know, that internet, again, the international window sort of having an impact on some of these games and knocking, being able to see maybe some of their uh, more experienced players, like somebody like Jess Fishlock coming in as a substitute versus a, a starter um, and end up getting a, a ridiculous chip of a goal and uh, sort of cutting cutting the lead in half and getting one back, but ultimately not really uh, coming away with much that's saying that the team was going to be particularly dominant. But there is a big question around all rain, I think for, I think us and like general, like casual fans and hardcore fans of the league where it's like, they're still trying to figure out the questions of all rain. Like, are they, considered a good team because they've got all of these big names are they considered a bad team because they've got all of these big names and not necessarily getting those results or are they a team similar to Chicago where they're just sort of having an uh, an unusual start and kind of figuring things out along the way um but I can absolutely tell you for the Chicago Red Star side of things Claire I do not want a loss against Oil Rain. I need this team to go into Tacoma and I need them to either win or I either need them to get a draw because I will tell you what I do not want the Red Stars to become is to become this team, you know, who's figuring things out themselves. And I do not want them to be the team that other teams figuring things out beat and then go on runs and feel good about themselves. I do not want Chicago to become the team that gets stomped on and is the platform for other teams. And I had that worry um, earlier weeks ago against a team like Houston, because they looked to beat Chicago and then started looking a certain type of way. And then I had that concern going into Kansas city as they still continued to kind of figure things out. And I'm like, Oh no, Kansas city is going to get some mojo against Chicago, but they ended up coming out on top in that game. And uh, I kind of had 
that feeling a little bit against this spirit side where I was just kind of like, man, I do not want Chicago to become a team that's like sort of a feather in another team's cap. And right. that would be really super annoying. So it's two teams that are figuring stuff out, man. And I want the Red Stars to figure it out. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think that you have to go back to um, what Morgan Gatra said about the North Carolina game, which is that, you know, she said that she and, and Sarah Womo were like, we're going to be savages. We're going to be savages in that midfield. We're going to, we're not going to let them do a single thing that they want to do. And that was not the energy that we saw against Washington. Um, And I do think a little bit, right. I think it comes down to, you know, you can have all of your, your coach speak about trusting the process and developing as a team. But at some point it comes down to not letting the other team win. (laughs) And um, I think that like that, like you said, and we talked about this in the challenge cup, that the fear with Chicago is always that like, every game that they play becomes the other team's game. Like, did you watch that rain game against Chicago? Did you watch that Washington game against Chicago? Did you watch that? Whatever. And it's like, it's the other team's game and Chicago is like also there. And so it is up to the team to refuse to let that happen. I think. Yeah. I'm in agreement with you for sure. Um, I don't know, man, in terms of player impact, um, for Chicago side of things. I am liking what we're seeing in the midfield from, from somebody like the from somebody like, well, I would like for the midfield to have another good game, especially if on the other side of things, we could potentially be seeing the return of some heavyweights for OL rain, you know, Shirley Cruz and just fish like it did not get starts against um, North Carolina courage. And, you know, if they get starts against Chicago alongside somebody like Marozan, I'm looking at that midfield like, holy shit. Um, That is a midfield with a ton of experience. And um, I think unlike other teams who might, you know, concede possession and be okay with that, I don't think you want to concede possession to somebody like Marozan or Fishlock or Cruz. Um, so I think for this one going in there, I hope that, uh, you know, if Waldmull is tasked with the start on a short turnaround, if Gatra is tasked with a start on a short turnaround, I hope that they have good games. Um, and I want to see the top line, you know, continue to score goals. I, I really want, uh, this team to show that they can carry multi-goal scorelines and uh, not just in a place or against a team like Kansas city, who's in last place. I want to see them do it against teams uh, with, uh, with talent on the pitch. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think that, and I mean this like holistically, not just in this game, but I I need more from Vanessa DiBernardo and I need more from Kalia Watt. We're not necessarily seeing a trajectory of upward motion. I hope, uh, I hope all of those players have that. Who do you want to not have such a good game for oil rain? Um, I mean, you got to go with like Fishlock, right? She's yeah, yeah she's a, a world crusher when she's on her game. Yeah, um, she has great games against Chicago. She does. Yeah, I mean, she has great games against everybody. Against everybody. <laughs> um, yeah, and I mean, I think also just like you'd want the rain defense to. 
I, you know, I, it, I really can't. It's really hard for me to wish a bad game on Alana Cook. So maybe I'll say like, I want Lou Barnes to have a rough one. There you go. Right on. Well, quick turnaround for everybody who needs to know. It's on June 22nd. Y'all take a, take a look at that match. I know uh, people probably aren't used to taking it. <laughs> Soccer game on Tuesday night for the Red Stars, but uh, they'll be on the road and it'll be a late one uh, because of that. So uh, tune in if you get, if you get the chance. Uh, we will be back later on in the week uh, with a recap of that match and a preview ahead of the Pride game taking place on June 26th back at SeatGeek against Racing Louisville, they will welcome Rossing to Bridgeview. So in the meantime, uh, everybody, I want to say thank you as always for joining us. Uh, if you enjoy what you heard today, you can continue your support of our content creation directly via our Patreon. That is the best way to support us. Uh, please find a tier that works for you. Uh, we understand that things are hard all over and uh, if subscribing to a monthly Patreon is not something that you're able to do right now. We understand I just also want to let you know there's a multitude of ways to continue your support for Southside Trap. You can do that by following us on social media channels uh, like Twitter, Instagram at Southside Trap Pod with one letter P. And of course, please find us on streaming services like iTunes, Anchor, Spotify. Uh, leave us a like, leave us a rating, leave us a review. That stuff helps us out so much whenever we uh, make this kind of stuff for you guys. So please continue to make good choices, uh, you know, wear your mask when asked, uh, give backs uh, when you are able, uh, wash your hands, wash your face, wash your everything, and continue your support of uh, Black players and Black life. And we will be back with you all very soon with another episode.